So Acts chapter number 20, verse 32. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. The Bible says, do we even need to be displaying this scripture? At the count of three, everybody want to go. Media are funny. Have you noticed they hid it? <laughs> so he says, so now brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those that are sanctified. And today I'm focusing on that first part that says I commend you to God. Because our response to being commended to God is us submitting to God. So when I'm praying, I don't say I commend myself to God. I say I submit to God and to the word of his grace. And so I want to talk a bit about submitting to God, but that's not my title. The title will build up. Give me James chapter 4 verse 7. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Here is something interesting. God must be submitted to the devil must be resisted. But it's interesting that the instruction does not begin by being told to resist the devil, then submit to God. There are times we show such fervency. We show such passion when we're dealing with the evil one. But it's not backed up by a passion, firstly, when we're dealing with God. So I'm focusing on that first part which says submit to God. Submission is closely linked to the concept of servanthood. Somebody says servanthood. Say it one more time, servanthood. In short, if you are submitting to someone, you become a servant. You'll see where this, where this comes in. Let me show you, for example, when the Bible talks about husbands and wives. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 5. And by the way, the title of my sermon this morning is Bond Servants of God. Bond Servants. Somebody say, I'm a bond servant. Now, look at what it says. Wives are being told to be submissive to their husbands. And then it says, for in this manner and times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves being submissive to their own husbands. Look at the next word. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, so if a person is submissive, they'll be obedient. Calling him Lord. You know what that means? Sarah called Abraham master. What's interesting is in their conversations, I've not seen a scripture where Sarah turned to Abraham and said, Master. But there's a scripture that shows that in her heart, when that time when she laughed at God, she said, Shall I have a child? Oh, my master. 
is odd. Or if you read it from the message translation, with this odd man of a husband. But what I'm saying is submission is of the heart. But you notice that the person she submitted to, she called master. I want you to understand that in this day and age, in that day and age, it was an honor to be someone's servant. How many of you have read the story of Elijah and Elisha? What was the recommendation of Elisha? Someone recommended to the king and said, there's this guy called Elisha. This guy is so privileged that he used to pour water on Elijah's hands. We're talking about bond servants. We read James 1 verse 1, we read 2 Peter 1 verse 1, and Jude 1 verse 1. A stronger word for servant is bond servant. You'll see why. James 1 verse 1. 1, 2, 3. Everybody read. James, a what? Give me Second Peter 1 verse 1. 1, 2, 3, go. A what? What was he? Give me Jude 1 verse 1. 1, 2, 3, go. How many of you know that from the people we've read, um, these people were his disciples. Jesus even called them friends. These are the sons of God. And Jude must have been related to Jesus. And yet, have you observed how they, I, they were so proud to identify themselves as bond servants? So proud to identify themselves as bond servants. Imagine, before they even mentioned that they are apostles, they're like, I'm a bond servant and apostle. It's like the proudest title they could carry is bond servant. I'm challenging you to become bond servants. Now let me explain in those days what a bond servant was. Among several definitions, one of the major definitions of a bond servant is a person who is someone's slave and then they are given freedom but they make a decision and say, I have refused. So they make a voluntary decision to say, as much as you've given me freedom, I've chosen to be your servant. A person who's made an open, willing decision to be a servant. I'll tell you this. We are sons of God by adoption. But we are servants by choice. If you've read the story of the prodigal son, the one who was older, if there is something that he knew well, it was how to serve. He knew how to serve. Probably he had ignored a certain side 
the sonship part of which there should be a balance, but he knew how to serve. I will say it again. We are sons of God by adoption, but you become a servant by choice. I'm challenging people to become bond servants today. Now, why am I giving you this challenge? Because Jesus was the ultimate servant. Give me Philippians chapter 2, verse, let's start from verse 7. Verse 5. Are we there? Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. This is what the Bible is saying. Look at this teaching. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So there's a mindset Christ Jesus had. And Paul is saying, all of us should have it. Uh-huh. Who being in the form of God. Maybe we don't understand that statement. Give me the amplified. Who, although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, meaning possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God. That's Jesus. Can you imagine Jesus possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God? Look at what he goes on to say. Uh, we can go back to New King James. He did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. In short, for those who may not know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was not junior. He was not junior. That, haven't you seen? It says he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Haven't you seen in the scriptures when Jesus would be spoken to? Have you not seen where he tells them saying, listen to me people. Your father Abraham celebrated when he saw my day. And then they're like, you're not even 50 years old and you claim you've seen Abraham. And he replies before Abraham was, I am. So, with that mindset, with that, with those attributes, notice what he goes on to say. What mindset should we have which he had? It says, but he made himself of no reputation. He made himself of no reputation. Taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. Imagine, he lowered himself. Next verse. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death at the cross. So what's the attitude that was in Christ Jesus? He did, not, he did not sit and just look at the privileges he had as being God. He said, you know what? There is a cause. And for this cause, let me do something about it. And he, and, 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 and he lowered himself, took up the form of a bond servant. In short, I will serve you voluntarily. And a bond servant, by the way, cannot quit. A bond servant does not have the ability to quit. That's the mindset that the early apostles had. That's why despite the things that they were going through, they couldn't 
quit. Quitting was never an option. There was never a meeting where they sat down and asked, should we quit? It was never an option. Because a bond servant does not quit. I'll be very honest with you. The biggest thing that I'm trying to do for me as a believer is build up strong Christians. Because there's a lot of plasticness going on. I'm talking about plasticness. Uh, when I'm talking about, pla- I mean, I'm talking about plasticness. Somebody's on their way home, a car, a car passes, water spills, and they, God, you hate me? Are you serious? As in, you equate God sending Jesus to die for you to a car splashing water on you. Maybe you should have just seen where you were going. I'm just saying, if we are to compare to what those people had to give up for us to be where we are as a church. We are living in a time of great privilege. Some of us are living in places of great privilege. People like Apostle Paul and Peter, probably they were celebrating some birthdays in prison. We are living in a great time of great in a time of great privilege. But doesn't the Bible say to whom much is given, much is expected? So with this great privilege that has been given to you, why don't we take up the form of a servant and serve others? Let's serve God and let's serve others. I'll tell you this. I've if I was to go down memory lane, all these testimonies you hear, of which there are many. The biggest thing I've just conditioned myself is, come what may, if there's a person in this world who doesn't believe that God has love, they will believe it because I'll just be there for them. I'll just show them love which doesn't need conditions. And if you can do that for people, then at least you're making the world a better place. Most people's view on God is based on an experience they've had with a human being. If a person has been brought up and they were taken advantage of, do you know how many, though some of you have worked with me with the healing campaign, do you know how many times we've had to emphasize to people that we don't charge to go pray for their sick? The first message they usually send us is, so how much would the fee be? How much? They're like, come on, guys, we just love you. So you're telling me you're going to drive all the way. We've driven many places. Eh? Um, healing campaign, we save up money as a church and we go to many places. We don't care where they are. We don't ask for transport. We just go and minister to as many people who are not well. And sometimes some will be like, you drove all the way here. You drove all the way to Chongwe. You drove all the way to this just to come minister to us. There's a way their relationship with God will change. Bond servants. Now, I'll say a few things about a bond servant. If you're going to be a bond servant of Christ, I'll tell you this. Every person who's been a bond servant has at some point had to give up a few things. Let me tell you the first thing you have to give up at some point. Common sense. I'm telling you. I know you have to hear me well. You're not going to relate with God through common sense. God is very uncommon. You need to develop Bible sense. God is very uncommon. You're not going to relate with God with common sense. That's why I'm glad I met, I met God before I met school. I decide what to believe and what not to. 
I'm not a student who's a Christian. I'm a Christian who's a student. And for that matter, the theories of the world, trust me, I've studied a lot of them. They disagree with themselves. I don't know. They never agree on anything. You're not going to relate with God from the place of common sense. We had a meeting one time. Some of you were around. And we were having praise and worship during the meeting. It was at Nafisanga Hall and people were going around. Uh, as we were going around, someone fell to the ground. Now, you know, when you are known for certain manifestations, your first question is, is it the power of God? And people came around and I could see from the look of the people next that, ah, something has gone terribly wrong here. And of course, you, you tell everyone, keep praising. And the person was carried, I think, to one of the cars. And I remember reaching there. We checked. There was no pulse. We checked all the things they check. We just didn't want to say it. Hands and feet getting cold. You know what Brother Brent started telling me? <laughs> I already read the headline. Young lady <laughs> dies at overnight. And then we didn't get a police permit for that overnight. Okay, that's not the point. So... <laughs> I'm just trying to say you're not going to relate with God on the place of common sense. And I said, in the name of Jesus, <laughs> I call you back. And after a short while, we just saw, <gasps> and the person could see us because they, had, they could see us from above. They could see what was going on and they were being drawn away. If you're going to be a born servant of God, you have to give up common sense sometimes and go for Bible sense. I'm telling you. You at some point have to give up some common sense. Now, I, 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 when the Lord told me about the city of the Lord Church, are you... <laughs> common sense was not to start a church at that point. You know how old I was? I was 21. And pastoring is different from preaching. With pastoring, you cancel their marriages. With pastoring, you do their weddings. With pastoring, you do ABCD. Do you know what common sense said to me in that moment? The things, the things, brother, common sense told me. ABCD, ABCD. But you know when God has spoken, and we started in the living room. Some of you were there in the living room, you remember? And we never really had that much of a program. That's how I learned how to play the keyboard because I was the praise and worship leader when we started. And so I was, we would sing until we were tired. But we were enjoying ourselves. And then the Lord started pushing us for expansion. And we're two years old and you can see how we are growing. As a born servant, when I'm talking about common sense, I'm talking about earthly wisdom. You can't be a born servant of Christ if you still have to debate scriptures with earthly wisdom. You have to give up friends sometimes. 
because your definition of a friend changes. For those of you who don't know, the best friends are those who you can have quality conversations with. And you can judge a friendship by the conversations. So if you and your friend are always discussing, ah, if the first thing your friend does uh, when he sees you is make an immoral comment about a lady, that's a very horrible friendship. It's, it's, it's horrible. It's not edifying whatsoever. A bond servant who at some point have to give up money. Um, I remember in my university days, what people considered the buzzer for and what we considered the buzzer for were two different things. Not so, Chongo. When Chongo's BC comes out, we'd immediately text, uh, we need to hire the whole, we need to do ABCD. You have to give up that. If you're going to be a bond servant, you have to give up. There is this freedom people are looking for, which for me, it's wrapped up in bondage. It's, it's this. I've, I've got my spiritual life, and then I've got my life. And you don't want to be judged as a spiritual person. You want just to be understood as a human being. My friend, you have to give that up if you're going to be a born servant of Christ. You have to accept that for you, everything is spiritual. And the litmus test for anything is what does the scripture say? Praise God. Like, choose to be known as that spiritual guy. Let the people in class nickname you Abusa. Let them start calling you Holy Mary. Whatever, it doesn't matter. That's a born servant of Christ. The one who says, if they say, Why? I can't. Why? You don't say, I'm tired. You say, I'm born again. I don't do that anymore. A born servant has given himself to the Lordship of Jesus. Isn't that salvation? Doesn't it say, you shall confess the Lord Jesus? Have you noticed we don't confess the Savior Jesus, but the Lord Jesus? The Savior has to do with his benefits, but the Lord Jesus has to do with his Lordship, his rulership, his mastering over us. Somebody say bond servant. A bond servant, I'll show you one scripture that really, really does it for me. Galatians 1 verse 10. For do I now persuade men? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. If you are still living to please men and not to save them, you will not be a bond servant of Christ. And sometimes it starts with the little things. 